Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Tuesday, October 4th, 2016 edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. So glad you could join me today, folks. Hey, if you have not got the app That is the Weekend Vigilante app for smart devices and Android. Do get that. You can simply go to the Listen tab there at WeekendVigilante.com. And there's other ways to listen as well, including the MixLR player. That's for the daily show at 6 p.m. Eastern time on both WINB and I'm now back on WWCR as well. So many ways to listen, including the podcast that you can simply download. It's a great way for those of you on the go. I'm told a lot of people like to take the show while they are driving. So driving, jogging, walking, just not swimming, as I always say. You don't want to get that phone wet. Actually, I think there's devices now. Oh, that new smartphone, I think, is waterproof. So, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Hey, if you have not looked at powerprayers.ca, go there and check out the testimonies and reviews. That's a new feature added. That's what we were very excitedly anticipating are the testimonies. We don't want to put a massive amount up, but do go check that out at powerprayers.ca. You can also order the book there as well. Yesterday, I did a teaching entitled The Greater One Who Lives in You, Part 1, and today is Part 2. I'm entitling it The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because God is supernatural, transcending the natural realm, we can't truly come to know him and understand him unless we move into the realm of the spirit. We can only truly worship God in the spirit because he is a spirit. It tells us that in John 4:24. For some inexplicable reason, the Lord has chosen us, these puny little weak earthen vessels to manifest his glory and his power on the earth. It's not that he could not do it himself or have his holy angel sent to accomplish whatever mission he needs done. The Lord simply delights in sharing his glory with his creation and using us as partners to achieve his preordained and divine plans. That's actually pretty amazing when you step back and think about it. So it kind of behooves us to learn and understand his ways, his kingdom, and how he desires to reveal his power and glory through us. In 1 Corinthians 4.20, Paul said, the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. 
not one of us is really worthy to have the Spirit of God living in us in this manner, but we have to understand that it's by the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we are accepted by God. Jesus didn't take our sin to the cross. He took our penalty for sin to the cross. So here's the bottom line here. Our focus has to be always on who he is in us and not who we are in our own strength, our own ability, our own intellect. Really, no one deserves this gift from God. We certainly haven't done anything to earn it. It's only given to us by grace through faith that we receive it. We read there in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. So if our goal is to become like Jesus, then we have to look beyond our own weakness, our own inabilities, and rise above the terrestrial so we can enjoy the celestial. We have to move into the invisible, eternal realm to be able to flow and operate in the realm of the supernatural. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That really lays that out there, doesn't it? Our intimate relationship with the Lord is directly proportional to the amount of power of His Spirit that will flow through us. But the door that we must all go through to step into the invisible, supernatural realm of God's kingdom is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, God pours His love into our hearts, Romans 5, 5. And this love, it's not like any human love that we've ever experienced or felt. This love transcends the human and elevates us into the divine. It begins to transform us and manifest God's love through us to others. 1 John 4, 7 through 13 explains that. It's the kind of love that loves the unlovable, the undeserving, those who hate and despitefully use you. When you have this kind of love, you're able to forgive anyone and anything that they may have done to you. So let's take a look at this wonderful experience and how you can receive it in your Christian life. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a topic that causes a lot of confusion and contention in the body of Christ. Trust me, I get the emails, I get the calls, I get the arguments. But you know what? I thank the Lord that he's allowed me to have the glorious experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit the very same day that I was baptized in water in a Pentecostal church when I was 17 years old. And so I just thought that was the norm. You get plunged into the water, you come out speaking in tongues. But I learned over the years that not all believers had that same experience. In fact, very few did. You could say I was birthed properly. In fact, what I saw is although people were repenting and being baptized in water, they had not been able to speak with tongues. These believers had a genuine conversion. They loved the Lord. They lived even godly lives. Yet in spite of their tears, their fasts, their continuous repentance, they were not able to speak with tongues. And this perplexed me. In fact, the doctrine of the church which I once belonged believed that if a believer did not speak in tongues, then he had not received the Holy Spirit and therefore he had not been born again. So it took me a lot of years of God dealing with me, revealing his word to me, to be able to understand how wrong these people were. Everyone that has been born again, I believe, has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside. 
It says there in Romans 8 9, if a man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Other groups also have doctrinal errors, although maybe not as extreme. Many Christians believe there's nothing more after accepting Jesus Christ. They don't even believe you have to get baptized in water, and that's incorrect. You do need to be baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit, two separate things. Many people believe that the baptism of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, signs and wonders, apostles and prophets, they're not for today. And some even attribute speaking in tongues actually to the devil. I talked a little bit about that yesterday, and that is a deadly accusation. Right there, they're in danger of committing the unpardonable sin, and they can be punished severely. You can read that in Matthew 12, 31, Mark 3, 28, 1 Timothy 1, 13, and Hebrews 10, 26. That is a very serious and dangerous accusation. There's a difference between having the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. When someone is saved by believing with their heart and confessing with their mouth that Jesus died for their sins, they receive the incorruptible seed of God's Spirit in their innermost being. 1 Peter 1.23 That person can be then filled with the Spirit that is already dwelling inside of them if he believes and receives with faith. John 7.37 even in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, he did not do any mighty works until when? Well, until he was baptized with the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan. So although Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, it was necessary for him to be empowered by the Spirit. The early church disciples, they were commanded by the Lord to wait in the upper room, remember, until they were filled with power from on high, it tells us there in Luke 24. So on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, the apostles received a double experience. They received the Holy Spirit Jesus sent from heaven, and at the same time, they were baptized in the Spirit to be able to do the work of the ministry that Jesus had commissioned them. And as a result, well, they spoke in tongues. They had many other powerful manifestations of the Spirit. 3,000 were added to the church that same day. In Acts 4.31, it says that the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. If salvation and being filled with the Spirit is the same thing, then the apostles were saved again for a second time in Acts 4. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, Paul says there, For we were baptized by one same Spirit into the body. This scripture tells us clearly that the way to enter into the body of Christ, the church, is through the Holy Spirit in the new birth experience. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues is different to the new birth experience. Speaking in tongues has to do with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Paul says there in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, we all have been baptized into one body and made to drink of one spirit. Read John seven thirty seven and Galatians four six through seven. Tens of thousands of believers have a misunderstanding of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, and they spend years praying for God to give them this experience. They do not know that the Holy Spirit is already inside of them, and they only have to desire and allow the Spirit to fill and baptize them. Now, some people believe you have to speak in tongues to be saved. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues are a requirement to be saved. 
The will of God is that everyone be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Again, as I said, very important scripture yesterday on the program. What does Jesus say? This is just such an important scripture right here. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall, what? Speak with new tongues. Again, Mark sixteen seventeen. That's a really important scripture right there. It is so important that the last words of Jesus before he went up to heaven were about this theme we see in Acts 1, 4 through 9. The Apostle Peter, full of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, confirmed it. That's how the early apostolic church started and continued afterwards as well. In these last days, the Lord is taking the church to its primitive roots, the apostolic foundation, to the very doctrines our spiritual fathers established in the early church. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is a right and a privilege for every believer. They received the Holy Spirit in Samaria, in Ephesus, on and on. So without a doubt, everyone that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ in the early apostolic church was baptized in water by immersion and filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This promised experience is for everyone today, for whomsoever the Lord shall call, Acts 2.39. When we read the Bible, it is evident that every time someone received the Holy Spirit, there was evidence, an external sign that could not be denied. No one ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in secret. Again, external in fact, in Jerusalem, a group of Jews saw it and heard it. Let's look in Acts 10.46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In the city of Ephesus, Paul asked the people if they had received the Holy Spirit after they had believed. When they said no, Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Paul didn't ask them again if they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit Why? Because he heard them himself speaking in tongues and praising God in angelic tongues. We see that laid out in Acts 19, 1 through 7. So the evidence is that when a believer receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he speaks in tongues as a sign that he has received it. It's not the only sign, but it is the most prevalent one throughout the Bible that a believer has been baptized in the Spirit. However, There are many Christians that have never been baptized in the Spirit and have never spoken in tongues, 1 Corinthians 12.30. So why tongues? The tongue can be used to bless or curse. It's the only member really of our body that can corrupt the whole body. It is immutable. It's full of poison and evil, James 3.8 tells us. Man can control a horse with bit and bridle and can guide a ship with a rudder. However, he cannot tame the tongue. When the Holy Spirit enters and fills the heart of a person, God reclaims possession of a person's tongue. Isaiah 28, 11. He wants to possess our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our desires, and our tongues. Some people want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but do not want to speak in tongues. Paul says in the Bible that, remember what I said yesterday, he wished everyone spoke in tongues and that he spoke in tongues more than they did, and he told them not to forbid speaking in tongues. It's all laid out there in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, 18, and 39. So, here's the big question. 
How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, there must be genuine repentance. Acts 2.38. What is repentance? Metanoia is actually the Greek word used in the New Testament for repent. It's used in the Bible generally to mean turning from your sin by how? By changing your mind, literally. Changing how you think. It's not just feeling bad about something you did. It's changing your mind. Turning completely away from your sin. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well? Go and sin no more. The moment you sincerely repent, God will forgive you immediately and you will feel as though a great weight has been lifted from your soul. Now, at that point, you can talk to God and ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit, which you may receive right then and there. But there is a second necessary step. You need to be baptized in water. In repentance, you die to a life of sin. And in water baptism, you are buried. When you come out of the water, it's symbolic of your resurrection to newness of life in Jesus Christ. And God can then fill you with his Holy Spirit at the moment of baptism, even while you're still in the water. God doesn't always move in the same way. Some receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they are baptized in water, others afterwards. The important thing is to be obedient to his commandments. And you have to have faith that God will fulfill what he promised. God's not going to give you anything that isn't good. He's not going to give you something that can harm you. If men being evil know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more Will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask for it? Read Luke 11. Ask with faith and confidence and insistence, and you will receive living waters from God. You already have obeyed the word. You've done your part. Now God will do his part. You only have to receive. That's what you have to do is receive. Jesus said, If anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. He that believeth in me as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow living waters. John seven thirty seven. Drink of the living waters Jesus is giving you to drink. No one can drink with his mouth closed. God says, open your mouth and I will fill it. God cannot fill your mouth if it's closed. Some people do not receive the infilling because they close their mouth. Open your mouth with confidence and let the Lord fill it with angelic words that he will put in your heart. If you're thirsty of that living water, receive it. Thirst is one of man's most urgent needs and can be quenched with water. But the thirst of the soul can only be quenched at the water that proceeds from heaven. We read there in Isaiah 55, 1 and Revelation 21, 6. People try to quench the thirst of their soul with the things of this world, but they'll soon realize Spiritual thirst is not to be quenched. Job twenty nine twenty three lays that out. You can be surrounded with water, but you will die of thirst unless you open your mouth and drink. In the New Testament, the word spirit also means breath. Breathe deeply this breath of God and you will speak freely the words that he is giving you to speak. Give the control of your tongue to the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, everyone started to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. The same way a teacher shows a student how to say a poem, she does not say the poem, but only shows them what they have to say. The same way the Holy Spirit doesn't force anyone to speak in tongues, what the Spirit does is guide 
giving us words or suggestions what we should say. It's not begging or persuading. The disciples on the day of Pentecost spoke the words the Spirit suggested to them, but it was them who actually spoke voluntarily. They didn't even care how strange the words were going to sound, nor what the people thought. They just spoke in faith whatever the Spirit gave them to speak. Think about little babies. They don't speak words at first, but they start by simply saying words like da-da. It's the same when you start speaking in tongues. You are starting to form words with your lips and your tongue. This is the way every person starts to speak naturally and supernaturally in our own native tongue, but also in the tongue of angels. 1 Corinthians 13.1 Someone helped us, encouraged us, syllable by syllable, word by word, phrase by phrase. Our Heavenly Father is pleased as any human father would be when you start to say words in the language of the Spirit He wants to hear. Can you imagine Him encouraging you, Speak, my child, speak. Isaiah 28.11 says the word stammering lips. When you start to babble and stutter, immediately stop trying to speak in your own language and start to speak in the unknown tongue. You cannot speak two languages at the same time. It's not possible. So when you feel that God is present to baptize you, don't hinder the Lord by repeating words or phrases in your known language. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to baptize you, do not say anything in your own tongue, but say the words and sounds he is giving you to say. Don't drown them in your unbelief. Does that make sense? When you feel the words of the Spirit inside of you, you will feel an urge to say them. This might happen when you're praying, reading the Bible, or just worshiping the Lord. When you feel the urge to say these words, do not reject them. Obey him and you will speak in tongues. Some people expect the Spirit to do everything or think these urges are from the flesh, but the flesh will never lead anyone to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We know that by, what does it say there in Galatians 5.17? The flesh is opposed to tongues. It'll tell you, you're the one inventing the words. You're just repeating what you heard someone else say. The flesh wants to express itself and cause you to just speak in your native tongue and not in angelic tongues. The Holy Spirit is the one that initiates speaking in tongues. Those sounds and words, they don't come from your flesh or your imagination. The Holy Spirit is giving them to you. Some people have even seen themselves in dreams speaking in tongues, and when they woke up, they simply continued speaking in tongues. This is an act of faith. Hebrews 11.8 tells us that. So the key word here is to trust in God. Allow God to guide you while you're speaking. Do not doubt, but prepare yourself to speak in tongues when God fills you with the Holy Spirit. It is you that has to receive it confidently. Simply open your mouth, drink the living waters he's giving you, and speak those strange sounds that are coming from your heart. Say them again and again, and you will start to feel the bubbling sensation starting in the pit of your stomach as you're being filled with his Spirit. One of the reasons you'll be baptized with the Spirit is to be a witness for Christ and to win others to the Lord. Again, we got to remember the baptism of the Holy Spirit refers to a gift we can receive after we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that Jesus himself is the one who baptizes, just as John the Baptist pointed out, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he, Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Matthew 3.11 
So as an end to today's show, if you do not speak in tongues and you're a believer, well, believe and receive today. Pray this. Heavenly Father, I am a believer. I'm your child and you are my father. Jesus is my Lord. I believe with all my heart that your word is true and your word says, if I will ask, I will receive the Holy Spirit. So in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord, I'm asking you to fill me to overflowing with your precious Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Because of your word, I believe that now I receive and I thank you for it. I believe the Holy Spirit is within me and by faith, I accept it. Now, Holy Spirit, rise up within me as I praise God. I fully expect to speak with other tongues as you give me the utterance. Now begin giving sound to the expression in your heart. Speak and hear the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Rejoice. You've just been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been endued with power. Hallelujah. Again, open your mouth, giving sound to the expression in your heart. Speak. Continue to do so as we go out with this song. God bless. Great.